0: Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church sermon of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. Uh, there goes a story that um, in the Midwest, that farmers would prepare for the winter by. Oh, oh! Thank you. There, I have notes for you guys again. I'm giving it a go again. I just decided, hey, I'm just going to commit while we're doing emotionally healthy spirituality. I can do notes. So there's papers. If you don't have one, they're on the back table. Some of you guys maybe were getting dropping off kids. So notes, notes. I, if you don't like them, set it aside or turn it over and make your grocery list on it. Um, but uh, I, some, for some of you, I hope it's helpful. But okay, so there's a story. Farmers Midwest, they prepare for winter by taking a rope. And in setting out a rope, tying a rope from their back door to their barn. Now, they would do this to prepare for the winter because many times in the winter, um, before they knew it, a blizzard would be upon the farmers. And um, you guys know. All of us have memories of a Midwest blizzard. If you grew up here, you've been here for a while, you know that sometimes these storms come and they hit and they are furious, right? That we have this wind that blows and the snow that comes hard and fast. And there's like this frenzy of storm that can swell up. And many times, farmers would um, would have to go out and, and do work in the barn. And when these storms would come, that they would, the snow would begin to blow, and it would begin to like, you know, just be this this massive swirl around them that they couldn't even see their hand out in front of them, that there was such a a disorientation that they would many times find themselves wandering in circles in their own yard, trying to get back home to the warmth and the safety of their home. And, And it turns out that many times that farmers would end up, not many times, I don't know, but this would happen, that farmers would end up freezing to death within feet of their door because they couldn't get their way back home. And so they would set out this rope, and this rope would be a guide. If they would stay close enough to it, if they would hang on to it, it would be a guide back home, back to the safety of their home, the warmth of their home, where they could go and uh, and And come back to life again, right? And so for many of us, you guys, we live in a storm, a blizzard, uh, like condition in our spirits, from our culture, that there is a a storm that rages around us, that we live in this same almost kind of like frenzy, emotional, Frenzy of a blizzard where we have this um, disorienting, disorienting sense of, of the culture and the way that it pr- pulls in and presses in on us. We have demands from. From others, we have demands of our insecurities, demands of our egos. We have noise out and noise within. You guys know this—that we, as a people, are are anxious people. We're overscheduled people, aren't we? That we don't have a lot of of downtime or boredom. I re- I remember as a kid just being pla- just being bored, you know, and having to like create something out of boredom. And I just hardly ever hear my kids talk about boredom anymore. Like even in like the grocery store line. There's no downtime. If we're in an elevator, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're engaging in more noise. Aren't we? We're scrolling. We're looking things up. We're getting one more thing done because we have uh, the whole world in our hand. So here we are. We are a preoccupied preoccupied people in this blizzard in so many ways from our culture. And the frenzy around us, guys, it rails on our spirits. It rails on our souls. And like the frenzy of the snowstorm in the long run, in the long run, I wonder what is the cost to our souls? What is the cost to our peace, to our spirits that we can endure the storm for a time? We can. We, we all do. We can endure the storm for a time, but we need the warmth and safety of home. And there is a a home waiting for us. Even when we are wandering around in our own, disoriented in our own backyards, there is a a home waiting for us and we need to get home and we need to rest and refuel and thaw out for a bit. This is how God designed us as human beings. He designed us that we need home. And so what we find is that we too, like the farmer in the blizzard, we need a rope to guide us home that we need something that we can hang on to. and God is offering us has offered us a rope of connection that would help us from getting lost from get from staying out too long in that cold in that storm this rope that consistently leads us back to a place where we can be centered and and come back to life again in him. But here's the deal, that rope has been set out. We need to stay close to the rope. We need to stay close to that which will guide us back home. We need to hold on to the rope that's been laid out for us, you guys. And so this is my goal today. My goal today is that we would recognize this rope that God has set out for us, that we would take hold of this rope as our way back home, and that we would do it over and over and over again. That we would be really good at doing the internal work of recognizing when have i been out too long when have i been out in the cold too long and i have a picture of anna in mongolia and i promise you guys i promise this is the last week kevin and i are going to bring up anna in mongolia i promise (laughs) we're not going to do this every week but here you see the icicles has this ever happened to you icicles on her lashes and her hair you know you can only handle that for so long before it's time to head home time to head home So here's what I want to do, guys. I want to just give you a a simple definition of this rope that God has given us to get back home. And here's a simple definition that should be on your notes that here's what this rope is. It is a rhythm of being with God, a rhythm of being with God. And I love this word of rhythm. I love this word because I feel like it's way more natural than maybe what we have been used to in our, what we call like a quiet time or a devotional time where we think of it as like 30 minutes in the morning, right? That we, we read our Bible or we do our devo time in the morning, 30 minutes in the morning. And then we leave the prayer closet and we go out for the day and have left that behind. I love this concept that we, I feel like we desperately need this rhythm of coming back to the rope over and over and over. Of getting back home, time and time again, and so it's more than than just maybe a thirty minute chunk of time. It's a pathway, guys. We're looking for our rope as a pathway back to the presence of God, a pathway back home. And it is this rhythm. It's more of a purposeful time to reorient ourselves back to God's presence, resetting ourselves back to home, coming back to that kind of over and over. And it, it really is more about stopping and pausing and finding him again. It's stopping and pausing and becoming aware of his presence again, of setting our eyes on on, on who he really is, setting our eyes on where am I and who who is God and where is He really? It's this coming back. It's reorienting ourselves back towards our ultimate, our final, our our destination in God. Because home, you guys, home is for us. Home is the presence of God. It really and truly is. It's what we were made for. It is this anchor that never moves. It's this anchor of his grace and sufficiency. And we know that it, it's home uh, in Acts 17, 28. It's, it, we, we find this for in him, in God, we live and move and have our being. That's like the definition of home in him, where I live and move and have my being, where we can let our guard down and just be ourselves, be um, be at peace, be at rest, Take in the love, take in the the security that we were made for. And so this rope of connection, guys, it's simply this. It's a rhythm of slowing down to be with God, of slowing everything else down pausing everything else, all that might be coming at us, the, the pulls, the demands, the pressure, and just taking hold again of that rope in our hands. I know how to get home. I know there's home set for me that never moves. That's always there. And I'm going to come back to that time and time again. So I want to go a little bit deeper today and I want to get, I want us to To kind of dig into, so what exactly are we talking about when we talk about pausing and stopping to be with God, this rhythm of stopping and and reorienting ourselves towards his presence, what's that really all about? And so I want to describe that invitation back to God's presence. I want to describe it a little bit more in depth because I want us to get it right. I want us to know why we're stopping. What are we stopping for? You know, are we really stopping and doing the, the, the right things, what God had in mind? And so I want to share two scriptures about this stopping. And I'm going to, to to just get some more detail. So the first thing that I believe that we're doing when we when we take hold that rope is that we are stopping to abide. Stopping to to abide. And here are these words of Jesus that I hope sound really familiar to you that he says this in John fifteen four. He says this Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. This is the brilliant design of God for life on this earth. And he gave us this picture that we could get in our heads, a branch connected to the vine, a branch connected to the vine that All growth, all life flows out of this source, out of this connection, back to the branch, right? Back to the branch. We put all of our hope, all our ability, all of our life back into this connection of God alone. Because God knows our human tendency is to, is to branch off, right? Our human tendency over and over is to, to go and draw from another well. Go draw life. Go think, oh, this, this would produce more fruit. I can actually draw strength from over here. I think I might draw life from work, from success, from being able to say, look at, you know, here's my resume. Here's what I've done with my life. Maybe value from others. We feel like maybe we'll find Real peace. Why do we do this? We'll find real peace from Netflix. You know, like if I can just get in front of the TV, I'll find real peace, right? That we think if we just check out for a little bit, God reminds us, listen, you cannot manufacture strength. You cannot manufacture the power. You cannot manufacture peace from any other source. It comes only from staying connected to me, the vine to the branch. The vine to the branch. And so this is what we do, you guys. This is where we head home. We head back to God and we stop and we pause we, in his presence to just remind all oh, I'm abiding. I'm called to abide. I'm called to be a branch connected to the vine. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I was reading this, this scripture in John 15 and I... I started imagining myself, I kind of put myself in the scripture and I started imagining myself as a branch connected to the vine. And I was just like, you know, just kind of like, I had my eyes closed and I was just picturing like, what would that be like? What did Jesus mean when he said, you know, you are a branch and you're connected to me, the vine. And I, I was in, I was kind of just imagining being a branch and I was telling God. I was saying, I want to be the best branch ever. Like, I just want to be such a good branch for you. Like, I want to be, um, you know, better than all the other branches on the vine. This is what I'm telling him. I just, I, I want to make myself a great branch for you, God. This is, this is what you said. I'm a branch. and I want to make myself be a great branch for you. And I realized, like, this is just exposing my heart that my goal is always to be better, to be a better whatever it is, a better wife, a better pastor, a better mom. Like, it's always my goal is, is just to get good, really good at whatever I'm supposed to be doing, right? And God interrupted this, this this prayer that I had, like, oh, just make me a good branch, you know? And he said, Molly, listen, I didn't ask you to be the best branch I didn't ask that of you. I just asked you to remain connected to me. I just asked you to live in me, to abide, to stay connected through it all. This is the whole goal, you guys. It becomes so simple that God lays it out. This is the priority, your connection to me as the source of everything. This is what I want for you. And this is so crazy, you guys, for someone who is has bought into the frenzy of do something great with your life, right? Like, go do something great. Go do something great with yourself. You can do something great. And that is the blizzard around me. It's the blizzard around you. But all God is asking is for this priority, that we pause and we come back to there's a priority that God set out for me in this life, and it's to abide, is to stay connected, that and that alone, to let the vine provide everything I need for my life, right? And so then I realized this competitive drive in me has to work itself out in Bananagrams or my workout, right? Like maybe for some of you, you got to go work out that desire to be better in your wordle. I don't know, whatever you're doing these days, right? But this is the rope that we must pause And stop and take a hold of this invitation. Am I abiding? And we must create space and stillness to come back to this one priority that God had to reorient ourselves. Really what it is is reorienting ourselves to this destination, to this image that God had in mind. A branch connected. As close as a branch could be to a vine. And this is why I like this rhythm, you guys, because I I recognize in my heart, I am not reading my Bible to make myself more branch-like. I am not spending time in prayer to make myself more branch-like, right? It's not self-effort. We aren't doing time with God to get God to do something. And this is is big for me. Guys, I put my time in, so I'll get God to, you know, whatever. I'll get God to do this for me. Time in God's presence, whether it's worshiping or reading the word or prayer, it's not an activity that we add to an already busy schedule. I I I feel like there has to be a mindset shift. This is not more activity that we just check off the duty like we did it, right? We had our time, check that off. Because if I'm not careful, I know myself, I can tend to rush through my Bible, like rush through it because you have to get through this, this, and this reading, right? Listen to a good podcast, like check, check it off the list, It's not a means to get ahead in the world. It's not a means to get something from God. That's not what we're doing here. It's not what we're doing here. We're stopping to be with God for this. And I love this concept, you guys to abide in the fact, to be convinced that I am currently, presently, fully, and completely already fused with the God of the universe. This is what he said You're a branch. Connected to the vine, you are already completely fused to the vine that we just uh, come back to abide and we lean on. We get to lean on the completeness of what how a branch is completely connected to a vine. Need answers for something, you know, in your family, at work. Listen, you are connected to the one true wise God, right? Need strength or help. I love how the message version calls God the God of the angel armies. They're all at his disposal, aren't they? You need uh, direction because you just don't know what's ahead. Well, you know what? God is the beginning and the end. He sees the ultimate destination, doesn't he? He is the ultimate destination. He's the prince of peace. He, he's the source of it all, you guys. He's the father who celebrates with dancing. And so what we do is we stop and we, we, we get still and we pause. And we expand and reorient our view of who I am connected to. Who I am connected to. That we get fully, fully convinced of what he is supplying me with in this moment, right? That's the rope that we take up. And I, I love this. I, I just read this yesterday in Job. And so it's not in your notes, but in Job forty two in the message, um, Job at the end of his his suffering and his questioning God and his his looking and and wondering and and trying to figure out what's which way end is up. At the end of it all in Job forty two, listen, he says this I am convinced, God, you can do anything and everything. I'm convinced you can do anything and everything. Nothing and no one can upset your plans. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, I'll never again live on crusts of hearsay, crumbs of rumor. I will never again live on just the crumbs of rumors of you, God. No, I am going to see you firsthand with my own eyes, with my own ears. I'm going to be so connected to the vine that I don't need to live on secondhand crumbs of God, right? How often you guys, how often I wonder, do I feed, am I just feeding on secondhand crumbs when God is like, I'm right here, you know, like you're connected to me you're connected to me in this. And so that's what I long for us, you guys. I want us to stop and to just take up this rope of stopping to abide. Stopping to abide, stopping to get our hearts reoriented towards home, this God who is a vine and we are so closely connected. Can't get any closer. Vine can't the branch can't get any closer. Already there, right? And so we're going to stop and pause And bring that truth into our current moment. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to try it together right now. I want us to take one minute where we just get this rhythm of stopping, reorienting ourselves towards home, taking this rope as our guide, and just getting back to that place where I am convinced that I am completely fused to the God of the universe. I am convinced of it, that that truth comes forward no matter how you're feeling. No matter that you feel disconnected or you feel like you haven't done enough or you feel like you're not worthy or maybe you feel good about dot, 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 right? We'll set those things aside for a moment and we're just going li- to, we're just going to take a moment to live in that, but stop to abide, stop to abide. Can we do that together? Okay. I'm going to set a timer. I promise you it's going to feel really long. I promise you that there's going to be some distracting thoughts that are going to pop into your head. That's okay. We're just grabbing the rope and we're reorienting ourselves. We're going to stop to abide. In you, Lord. Okay, here we go. One minute of silence. Minutes up. All right. Could you put yourself back in that place? I'm connected to you. I'm connected to you. Were you able to to stop to abide for a moment? How did I go? Weird. Nothing. I'm getting nothing from you. Okay. All right. Let's just develop this rhythm together, okay, guys? Throughout the day, we're gonna come back to to how, but that's the first that's the first bit. I want us to stop to abide. And the second thing I want us to get this rhythm of stopping throughout the day to reorient ourselves is I want us to stop to trust. Stopping to trust. It comes from the scripture that Isaiah says in Isaiah 30:15. Am I doing okay with the fill-ins? Yeah? Got them all? Okay. Isaiah 30, 15. Here's what God says in repentance and rest is your salvation in quietness and trust is your strength. But he says to Israel, you would have none of it. This is the offer. This is how the prescription that I'm setting out for life on this earth. Here's the prescription in front of you. Repentance and rest is your salvation. Quietness and trust is your strength. That word repentance um, it actually means in this scripture, uh, it actually means the original word is, is withdrawal. It's withdrawal. It's to pull away from something. And rest is, is quietness. You can see there rest that quietness is, is sorry, quietness is stillness. Quietness is stillness. And here's what he's saying in return, you get salvation. In return, that word is abundance. It's abundance, living in abundance, wide and free. Wide and free is, is another way of looking at it. And so he's God's inviting uh, us as his people. Listen, we would draw again. We grab a hold of this rope. We draw again from the busyness and the noise, and what comes forward in those moments is this trust. And this is what I'm longing for you, because in this trust, you're going to find abundance. When you trust in me in a deeper way, you're going to find that you're actually living wide and free, right? Wide and free. And so, I, what I want us to do is, I want us to withdraw from maybe some of the props that we've set up underneath us to kind of hold up our lives that are just, they're, they're at some point, they're not going to be able to sustain the weight of our lives. When so we set ourselves up on some props and we think these are going to be trustworthy for me in the long run, right? This relationship, um, uh, this promotion, when I have X, Y, and Z happen in my life, then you know, I'm setting my hope and my salvation on those things and those are props that are holding us up that, uh, that will, will fail us. They will eventually fail us. And so when we get quiet and still guys, then we are able to trust God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. We can trust him to do what he wants to do. We can trust that he's going to be powerful. We can trust that he is going to, to succeed on our behalf. We can trust like we sang this morning that he is good. He's going to be good. We can trust that he is going to mature me into what he has in mind. We can trust that he will make our life significant when we withdraw from doing it ourselves. Early on in ministry, um, when we planted the church, I was working part-time for the church and, and part-time had another job part-time and had young kids at home. It was really, really busy. But really, really early on, God really clearly asked me if I would Withdraw from work for one day for a twenty-four hour period, from Sunday after church until Monday afternoon. That I would just take that as the I call a Sabbath, a day of rest, where I stopped paused stopped a rhythm of stepping back in my schedule in my week of of just withdrawing from the need to accomplish and get stuff done and i am a hundred percent convinced that he asked this of me because this was not something i wanted to do like i i actually really love work i really love work i love working i i really love getting stuff done I love checking things off my list and being like that forever done right um and so there was like a fight in me when god was asking this of me. There was, it wasn't like, Oh yay. Like time off, like no problem. There was this fight in me. God, there's way too much to do. There's way too, how can you ask that of me? I have way more to do than I could ever get done in seven days. And now you want me to take 24 hours where I don't work. Like it just sounded crazy to me. And he asked me though, he asked me to withdraw and, and get still and quiet and give him this like hand it over. And that he promised me that he would be trustworthy. That was what he promised in return, that I could trust him. And what I knew he was doing, that he was asking me if I would give him this time, if I would keep my my heart in a place of kind of surrender and obedience for him, that I could then keep myself centered in the truth that God is trustworthy. And what he ultimately wanted to get me to, and I, I know I need to be to the place, of, God, this is your church, not mine. This is your work, not my work. These are your people, not my people, right? That I could, he could pry my hand off of that. And if I, I know if I didn't set this regular, regular rhythm up, that that would become an idol in my life. It would become a place that I was holding myself up all on my own strength. But over and over again, I had this regular rhythm of withdrawing so that I could say, okay, I have to trust you with it. It's impossible. It's impossible for me. It's impo- it just does not make sense on paper. And every week, this Sabbath was a rope in my hand, back to trust, back to trust, withdrawing so I could be back into His presence, trusting Him. And at, at the heart of it, you guys, God, at, at the heart of our relationship with Him, He's asking for trust. Really, truly, at the heart of what He wants out of us is trustworthiness. In the Old Testament, God did this with the Israelites when He was setting up how they were going to live in the promised land. He told them, listen, go farm, go ahead, go farm for, for six years. But on the seventh year, I actually want you to take a whole year where you don't go out and sow in your fields and work your fields. The seventh year, all the way off. Like, could you imagine how scary that is, right? A whole year where we don't go plant seeds and take care of our fields and grow food to eat, to survive. But God told him this. He's like, I made this promise. Listen, if you do this in year six, I will give you enough crops for your six, seven, and eight. So that you'll make it through until those seeds that you, that you start planting in in year eight come back to fruition. But here's the deal, you guys, they couldn't know a God that would provide abundantly like that until they took him up on the offer. You can't know it until you're in year seven going hands off, right? hands off, I'm not, I'm not doing this yourself. They didn't get to know the abundance of God of crops that God would give. They didn't know them until they just made that decision. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this thing. Just like you said that you're in charge here. Only you guys, when we stop to withdraw, do we get to discover God's meaning behind abundance. And I think that we think we're getting it. I think we think like, look at abundance, but God is going, oh, but I wanted you to experience your seven and eight. That's what I had in mind. And you couldn't know it until you stopped to trust in my abundance. Right. And so I don't know the exact fruit of this Sabbath in my life. I, I can't know the fullness of it. I think I just have a glimpse. And I think, I think part of it is like, listen, I'm still here. I'm still pastoring. Like, I'm not bitter, you know, I still love Jesus. I, I think my husband and my kids got more of my heart and more of me being present on those days because I wasn't kind of thinking, yeah, but I should be, I should be doing this and I should be making that call and I should be returning that email. I think that they had more of me, but I can tell you this that, that I, I believe for sure that there will be fruit of my obedience that I will harvest one day. And I want that for you. I want that for us as a group of people. So I wonder what is God asking you to withdraw from this rhythm of stopping to trust? What feels noisy in your soul right now? Is there something that feels noisy, a relationship? Is there something maybe uh, um, something happening at work or, or an expectation or something that you can just, you know what, for now, I'm, I'm going to withdraw from it. And we're in a great season for this. We're in Lent, right? And this is kind of what we do in Lent is we withdraw from some things. We detach from some things so that trust and abundance can come forward. So we can quiet some things for trust and abundance. And so if you are um, maybe feeling like, hey, there's, there's a couple things that maybe are, are coming to mind. I wanted to give you some ideas. Maybe some of you can withdraw from an overly ambitious work schedule. Maybe you hit a certain time, like 5.30, and you're like, time's up. Like, I'm not looking at it again, right? Maybe some of you can withdraw from social media after a certain time. I was talking to someone, and they're like, at 7 p.m., I put my phone away for the night. That's great. That is good. That's good withdrawal, right? So we, we can detach so that God can trust can come forward. All right, so that's what I really wanted us to kind of orient ourselves around, that we're stopping to abide, and we're stopping to... Trust. We're stopping to this rhythm. We're developing this rhythm of stopping and pausing for these things to come forward. And so here's just two really practical ways of how we can develop this rhythm. Here's what I've been doing is trying to find what I call spots and spaces. Spots and spaces. Boots and gets and spots and space. Okay, we can wrap it. All right, that's how we can remember it. Okay, because the key is regular connection, regular connection with God, not length. How many of you need to hear that? Regular connection with God, not how long did we do it, right? So pausing to be with God, you guys, it can last from two minutes to 45 minutes. Truly, what we did for that one minute of stillness, could you could you find a spot for that in your day? Could you find a spot to just get quiet for just a second? Maybe for some of you, it is. it's the first thing in the morning before I jump out of bed. I'm going to quiet myself and I'm going to grab a hold of that rope. I'm going to reorient myself back to the presence of God where I'm abiding in him, where I'm trusting in him. I'm withdrawing from other things to trust in him. I'm withdrawing from jumping up out of bed and running to my day. Maybe for some of you, um, it's at, at your lunch break, you, you can take five minutes. You can find a spot here to withdraw, to get in this rhythm of being with God. Maybe for some of you, um, you can get in that car line a couple minutes early when you're picking up your kids and there you go. They're, they'll be excited because you're at the top front of the line and you get maybe an extra five minutes of, of just this rhythm of being with God. Some of you guys can set an alarm. You can have set times of prayer like they did in the Bible and Daniel did this and um, David did this. They'd set times of prayer. I know I'm going to pray at noon, three and you know, nine p.m. And it's just a little times throughout the day. So spots and spaces and then, um, and then some ideas for how you can do this. Here's what I want. The big thing is how do you foster this in your own life? Guys, it has to work for you. It has to foster connection that rope back home in you. How can you do that? Um, maybe for some of you here, just a couple quick ideas you can meditate on uh, on scripture, just one phrase. Like instead of going like real big, like what if you just took one phrase and you meditated on it all day? Like you lead me beside still water. And you just keep bringing that up, just one little phrase and you get it really deep. You go really deep with that one phrase. Some of you being in nature, Kevin loves to hit the trail and he can just connect with God's presence. It's stopping for him. It's being with God. Um, for some of you worship, Maybe try engaging in a new way. Like just maybe some for some of you guys, it's just like, hey, I'm gonna actually stop and even like just get myself on my knees on the floor because I'm, I'm trying this new way of connecting with God. Um, one of my favorites I'll just jump to in the next slide. There's a, an app. Um, it's a Lectio app. And Lectio is it, just like a divine reading. It's taking the scripture and, and meditating on it. And there's Lectio 365, and it's a morning and evening devotional that, um, that we just put on before we go to bed, Lectio 365 and it's scripture and it's guided prayer and it's so peaceful and you can just set it up and, and then it just turns off and you just go right to sleep in like God's presence. It's awesome. If you don't do Lectio, um, with your kids, I, I think this would be a great exercise to do with kids. They have Lectio apps for families and kids. You can start your day while you're doing breakfast, just pop it on. It's just really, really good way of doing that. So this is what I want for us guys on your paper there. You have space to take this home and think about it, identifying spots and spaces that you can just have this rhythm of being with God. And then I just want you to think about what is God highlighting as just a pathway back to his presence in this season. What's he highlighting for you? How can you develop this rhythm in your own life to be connected to this one who has everything you need, who is for you? wants to remind you of identity. He wants to take you into uh, the glorious future that he has in mind. And he is more than able. He's more than able. So why don't we stand up as we think about heading home. I want us to head home with these things in our hearts. I'm going to pray them over us now. And if you want to come up, Kev. So God, we just... Thank you that you have set out a rope for us, a rope to guide us back home because you know that we get so disoriented in this life, that we get so disoriented from time to time on this earth, that there is a storm that rages around us and you're so familiar with it and you're so kind and good to set out a rope back home, that you've given us these pathways to your presence and that you've set out this invitation for us as your people to stop To pause, to reorient back towards you, and to recognize that we get to we stop to abide in you, our our vine, our supplier, our source of life, everything we need. And so we want to commit ourselves to live in this rhythm of stopping to abide in you, stopping to trust you, God, stopping and withdrawing from the things that we make it, make this life, the activities and the self-effort. We want to withdraw from some of those things in this season because we want to know your abundance, God. We want the trust of living in you and with you so that you would show us what abundance really is, what it really looks like. And so God, I, I, I pray that your spirit would just come on us as a group of people, show us spots and spaces to stop and be with you. I pray that this would be life giving as it was meant to be, that there would be no duty around this, like no, you know, condemnation around not doing enough or failing that we would just silence that voice when that comes. And we would just lean into the goodness of your presence, steadiness of your presence,